Welcome to the Chief Endurance Officer Podcast. I'm your host, Greg McDonough. Each week, we hear real-time stories from athletes and CEOs on how to maximize performance through an endurance mindset. Let's get started. Welcome to the Chief Endurance Officer Podcast. I'm your host, Greg McDonough. Today's guest has 20 years of experience as a serial entrepreneur, consultant in the United States, Europe, Middle East, and Africa. His purpose and passion is transforming organizations and leading from the inside out. He's the co-host of the Emergence Now podcast, author of Your Dose of Motivation, transformational business coach. Please welcome Darren Hatchadani. It's great to have you on the show. Thanks for having me. Awesome. Well, we love to talk about endurance and the endurance mindset here on our podcast. And my favorite question to ask is, tell me about how your endurance mindset has impacted your life unexpectedly. That's a great question. A very counterintuitive question. I love it. Uh, so my endurance mindset has transformed my life in, in a number of ways. Uh, one of the ways is I've, you know, I've defied conventional expectations. So while many assume that, you know, pushing boundaries of physical and mental endurance would lead to, to burnout or excessive strain, I hear it from my friends all the time. They're like, man, you're pushing yourself too hard. You need to take it easy. Like your knees, I've heard it all, right? From my mom, my sister, my my best friend. And I've found though that the opposite is true. So, you know, it's one of those many mistakes of intuition, right? Reality actually works backwards. Recently, I was told that, you know, how do you jump a horse? And, you know, I was like, well, you lean back. And the truth is you don't lean back when you jump a horse, you actually lean forward. It's the opposite. So for me, embracing the endurance mindset has taught me that limits are often self-imposed. We self-impose limits on ourselves. And by challenging them, I've discovered that, you know, I've discovered the untapped reservoir of resilience. So it's shown me that the pursuit of personal excellence isn't about relentless work without rest. It's about pacing oneself intelligently and knowing when to push and when to recover. We were just having this conversation before we started rolling, which is that, you know, at the moment on my journey, I'm actually at the bottom. I'm, I'm searching. I'm not able to, you know, perform the way I used to perform not so long ago. And so it's a journey. So one thing, it's, it's another thing it, it's actually helped me uh, with unexpectedly is that being an entrepreneur, we focus on intensity, right? We're very intense as individuals because the journey is very challenging, right? But I realized from my endurance journey that rest is actually training, like recovery is training. You know, in the past, I used to think, ah, rest for losers. Who rests? <laughs> don't need rest. <laughs> I sleep. Isn't that enough? No, but it's it's actually part of the training journey. So I've actually learned to really admire the process of recovery, the process of rest. So sleep to me now is paramount. I've, you know, I've I've learned how important those aspects are through the endurance journey. 
I love it. And we're going to dive deep into that part. You're absolutely spot on about recovery and sleep and making that part of our training schedule. But before we jump into that, I'd love to explore a little bit more the statement you made around limits are self-imposed. Can you go a little bit deeper and talk to us about what you mean by that or give us some examples? Yeah. So, I mean, in terms of limits are self-imposed, we, we have this preconceived notion of what we're capable of, right? In terms of, you know, if we set out a goal, right? We have these preconceived notions, these biases, the self-doubt that we have about, am I really capable of that, right? Self-limiting beliefs start creeping in. Beliefs that may have been formed in childhood that we carry forward with us. And, 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 and those limiting beliefs then shape what, you know, our perception of ourself and what we're capable of. So for example, I, before getting on the endurance journey, I used to be someone who looked at fitness from a very one-dimensional realm. I used to go to the gym, lift weights. And to me, to me, fitness was all about optics. It was all about the six pack. It was all about the biceps and the bench press. And that, that was it. Right. And I always looked at people who were runners or people who got in the pool or people who did these crazy endurance uh, challenges as, okay, that's for them. It's not for me, right? So it was self-imposed. I don't know where it came from. It probably came from my environment, right? I grew up with, as a chronic, uh, uh, I grew up with chronic asthma. I used to carry an inhaler with me wherever I went. Uh, I would travel with an inhaler. I would always have it in my backpack. So I always thought, you know what? I can't do that. I'm asthmatic. I was told that like, you can't do long distance because you have asthma. You can't do high intensity you know, activities because you have asthma. And so that was conditioned in me from, from, I would say, a fairly young age. And then someone invited me to a three kilometer. They're like, you know what? Join me for a three kilometer. And I was like, 3K, uh, I, I can't even run 1K. Anyway, <laughs> I showed up uh, and I did the 3K and I struggled. I mean, at one point I felt like my chest was about to explode. My, my legs were falling apart, right? Uh, I hit the 2K mark. I couldn't believe I ran 2K. The third K was a struggle, but I completed it. And after that, I got bit by this bug, right? From the 3K, I went to a 5K. From the 5K, I went to a 10K. 10K became half a marathon, became a marathon. Then someone was like, well, you know, you're doing, you're, you're running marathons. Why don't you um, start cycling? Then you can do duathlons. I was like, what's a duathlon, right? And I bought a bike, started cycling. Didn't really love it in the beginning, but ultimately eventually got hooked onto it. And then, you know, inevitably someone tells me that, well, you know, you're, you're running, you're cycling, why don't you swim? I've never swam. I mean, it's not that if you put me in a pool back then, I would drown. I could swim. I could stay afloat, but I didn't have the technique. And it wasn't really something that was, you know, even in my imagination of, of, of potentially taking swimming as a sport, right? So self-imposed beliefs that we carry from childhood all the way to, you know, our adult life 
that then shapes what we believe is cap- what we're capable of. So that's a, yeah. a great example. And it's, and it's amazing to me how impactful people are to this journey. And even the smallest nudge can turn smallest nudge to go into a 3k could then turn into finishing a long distance triathlon. And it's, and it's having that impact of us as humans on each other that's really meaningful. And we don't know yeah. how impactful we're going to be when we're interacting with people. Um, I'd hey, love can to- I just add? Yes, just, please. I, I just want to add, you know, the whole idea of we have no idea what how we can impact people. So <clears throat> I uh, I was invited to uh, to a friend's place for dinner. I actually didn't know this person. It was a friend of my wife's. I walk in and I see this guy laying out on the couch, right? And and he was the host. And I asked him, I said, you know, I introduced myself. I was like, everything okay? He's like, yeah, yeah, I just did an Ironman. I was like, Ironman? What's an Ironman? And he basically just came out of his skin with full excitement. He's like, you know, you you get on a bike, you swim, and then you get on a bike, and then you run, and it's it's a triathlon, but you know, it's called Ironman. He said it with so much passion, and right in that moment, I was like, I want that kind of passion in my life, like that kind of focus, that kind of excitement, and. I was like, you know what? I, I'd love to explore this. He's like, are you sure? I was like, yeah. He's like, okay, fine. I will have my, um, why don't you take the number of my coach? So I was like, okay, took the number of his coach. The next day, forgot about the conversation. A couple of days later, he calls me. He's like, Darren, uh, you know, Barbara is waiting for your call. You haven't called her, have you? And I was like, no, I haven't. He's like, uh, she's expecting your call. I don't call. Two days after that, five days in, he calls me again. And he just would not stop. I finally called his coach and that's how the journey began. So it's like one conversation. And now, Greg, the same gentleman, his name's Abdul, uh, the same gentleman and I are doing our first Ironman together. So we're coming full circle six years later. We're now training for Ironman Austria. That's awesome. What a great story. Are you still working with that same coach? I, uh, I'm no longer working with that coach. So that coach is a coach who takes you from zero to one. She's great for beginners. Yeah. And so now I'm, I'm working with someone else who, um, who's more focused on running and, and cycling. Perfect. Yeah. You know, I'd love, Darren, I'd love to dive in deeper in this conversation around self-doubt, um, but also apply it to the business community. I mean, us as entrepreneurs, we live in this world and you must see it with clients and people you interact with. How do we sort of combat that self-doubt as an entrepreneur? I mean, one of the ways is really to ask ourselves, well, is this really true, right? Is this true? I, I You know, for some reason right now, I'm doubting, you know, how I'm going to be able to get to the point where in, I'm trained and conditioned to be able to do another full Ironman. And where's that really coming from? I mean, because it's not true, right? Nothing has changed in my life, right? From the last uh, rodeo. And so, but I'm, I'm starting to doubt myself, right? 
And so really calling out where this is coming from and why am I thinking this way and really tracking it to the source uh, is, is one way that I found to be very effective is really asking yourself, okay, is this really tr true, right? What's the evidence that I'm not able to do this? Has there been evidence that I've failed or that I'm not capable? Or is this something that I'm manufacturing in my own mind because there's this fear, the underlying fear or the underlying doubt, every, every doubt, every self-doubt, the underlying emotion is fear, right? Fear of what if I don't complete this race? What if I don't scale my business? What if this hire is not the right hire? What if this price increase, right, in my range of services is something that's not going to be accepted? Well, what is the evidence that that is true? And most of the time, there is no evidence. It's, it's a story that we've manufactured because there's this part of us that has, it's this defense mechanism that's protecting us from failure because it doesn't want us to get hurt. And one of the sub directives of the subconscious mind is to protect us, right? So it manufactures all these narratives that really isn't true. So let's dive in deeper into that. How do we, once we've recognized that this is a fear, a self-made fear that's holding us back, what can we do to push through and actually get the mo the movement happening again to towards that goal or towards that you know objective yeah i mean it it really comes down to to three things for me and just staying on the endurance the intersection between endurance and and entrepreneurship right so the the, the three things that i would focus on is you know is there a goal in place right what is the goal so endurance athletes are very skilled at setting and achieving long-term goals, right? We understand the importance of breaking down big goals into manageable milestones, which is really a valuable skill in both entrepreneurship and in life, right? And so entrepreneurs and, and endurance athletes know that success often requires a sustained effort and dedication over the long term, right? So really being clear on what the goal is, right? The second thing I would uh, I would highlight is the fact that, you know, when we fail, it's a learning opportunity, right? So really being, you know, true to ourselves that, you know, in understanding that failure is a part of the journey, it's okay. It's a chance to actually learn, grow, and come back even stronger, right? I mean, entrepreneurs can embrace failure in the same way, right? And using those setbacks as stones to success, right? The, the third that really works for me at the moment when I have that self-doubt is, and, and this, rings, this really resonates as an endurance athlete, is the mind-body connection, right? Endurance athletes often emphasize the mind-body connection for peak performance, right? Really being in the body, right? The other day I went out for a run. I was just telling a friend of mine, I went out for a run and I told myself, you know what? I'm going to be leaving Darren behind. And guess what happened? 
And when I when I say leaving behind, I went through this mental rehearsal that I'm just going to leave that persona behind. I ran one of my fastest 10Ks when I left him behind because now all that self-doubt, all the, you know, uh, the, 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 um, the fear, the, uh, the self-criticism, you know, the excuses were left behind. And now time dilated. I didn't feel any pain, right? And I was just singularly focused on how I felt in my body. So that mind-body connection, the awareness can lead to us overcoming that self-doubt and reducing stress and improving decision-making and you know, everything that we need as, 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 you know, as we go through that journey of entrepreneurship and endurance. I love it. That, did I answer your question? Yeah, man. That, that's so well said. In fact, you know, I did Ironman Wisconsin a handful of weeks ago and I remember getting into the water and, you know, five minutes in, I'm starting to mentally think about, well, I'm going to have this sort of finish time. And what about the bike? And what about the run? And like all these self-doubt and fear came into my head. And eventually I said, you know what? The day is going to be what the day is going to be. Like you've done the training, the conditions are the conditions, just relax and let, let the day just sort of take you through its journey. And I had one of my best swim splits ever. The Beautiful. bike and the run were different stories. But to your point, you take that self-doubt, that, that judgment out of the equation and just let your body do what it was trained to do. And great things happen. Yeah. Yeah. So how did you end up doing the race? So overall, the race was, a, I mean, it was a success. I finished, finished healthy. Um, I didn't hit my time goal. The bike conditions were tougher than I expected to be. Um, a whole bunch of learning experiences <laughs> through, through my, what I perceived as failures. But again, I loved it. Yeah. I just want to add, you know, it, it goes beyond, you know, self-talk, positive self-talk, you know, positive, like just thinking positively. I mean, I think that's great. But but really going through that mental rehearsal, you know, all the greatest athletes talk about this, right? They talk about going through, like Kobe with his Mamba mentality, he talks about how, you know, when, when I'm there and I'm about to perform, like I've done it so many times in practice, right? I'm ready. Now it's all about just letting the body do what it needs to do. It's conditioned to do exactly That's that. Right. Yes. So like if, if I were to ask you, how, how do you how do you turn? How do you open a door? How do you turn a doorknob? Right. You grab the handle and you turn it to the right. Yeah. So you, you did. I, I couldn't see you, but I think you turned your your you yeah. used your hand. I didn't ask you to use your hand, but you used your hand because the body knows it so well. It's habituated. Mm. Right. You don't even have to think about it anymore. The body knows it better than the mind. So you automatically went to doing this. So it's the same thing when we're training, right? The body knows what it needs to do, but the mind's getting in place. It's, it's interfering with what the body already knows, right? And 95% of our thoughts, our feelings, our behaviors are unconscious, right? But we're letting that 5% get in the way for some reason because Ultimately, it's that fear, right? That F word again. Yeah, there's a great book, uh, The Inner Game of Tennis, that talks about yourself yeah. one and yourself Amazing. two. And, and self one is just 
hammering against self too to stop performing. What are you, why are you so terrible? Why have you done this? Why are you feeling? And if you just let all that go and let self too do what it's got to do, your ultimate performance uh, will certainly improve. Going yeah. back to the beginning, we started to talk about rest. Can you talk to us about how you incorporate rest and recovery into your endurance life for training for races and then also for your business life? Yeah, so uh, rest is is key. I, I wear an aura ring. I don't know if you can see this. Uh, it's it's one of the best wearables. Uh, shameless plug, though. I have nothing to do with this company other than the fact that you know I uh, I truly believe in the product. It basically tracks my sleep. Uh, but you know, when you're really in tune with the body, you don't even really need something to to tell you how you've slept, how you've recovered. You just feel it, right? But this. It, it's a great tool to just validate something that I'm already feeling. Um, so in terms of sleep, I um, I make sleep a priority. I am usually in bed by 9 to 9.30. And uh, I've gotten to that point where I no longer need an alarm clock to wake up. Mm-hmm. My eyes open automatically, uh, provided I have dinner well in advance before going to going to bed and that really helps uh, so I try to get a solid seven hours uh, I try to though I'm standing most of the time I just enjoy standing more than sitting uh, and and so you know that is probably a part that I need to improve but going back to my sleep so sleep is something that I've really really focused on uh, another thing that I do is I meditate So meditation to me has been really a form of recovery. Uh, And uh, other than that, in terms of rest and recovery and with the nutrition, uh, nutrition has been key, obviously, you know, making sure that I take the right amount of nutrition in terms of protein and, uh, you know, and, um, and everything else that I need to as a vegan triathlete. Uh, so yeah, sleep has been really the paramount, like, uh, you know, practice in, in my recovery. So you gave me a little breadcrumb there, uh, with your vegan triathlon, a vegan athlete, you know, I haven't experienced that. Can you explain that a little bit more to the audience? Like what different things that you need to do, or you choose to do to fulfill that? Uh, part of your your training cycle uh you mean in terms of nutrition yeah okay so in terms of nutrition i mean for for me as a vegan athlete because i don't get the you know the the, the protein that i typically would from you know meat sources i have to really compensate um from uh, you know, in terms of getting my protein intake, right, for muscle repair and recovery, right? So a plant-based protein sources like beans and lentils, tofu, tempeh, quinoa, I mean, you know, making sure that that that's part of my diet. Uh, B12 is something that, you know, you know, is primarily found in animal products. So vegans, as a vegan athlete, you know, it's important for us to consider taking B12 supplement or consuming B12 fortified foods. Uh, What else? Um, Iron, iron is key. Like plant-based sources of iron include like spinach, lentils, 
chickpeas. So just making sure that I get the supplements that I need that I'm missing out on from, you know, uh, from other food sources. Awesome. That's super helpful. Thank you. So Darren, let's shift gears slightly. Um, talk to us about you. Like what's your history, where you grew up, how you got into what you're doing. Give us a little bit of a sense of who Darren is. Yeah, absolutely. So I grew up uh, in Southeast Asia, in the Philippines, uh, 7,111 islands. It's an archipelago in Southeast Asia. Uh, great upbringing. I um, had some incredible friends, though. I went through a journey. Um, I think like most people, we acquire certain beliefs in childhood that then forge our perception of ourselves, which then you know, recur as a trend, as a pattern, as we, as we get into our adult life. And, uh, and recently, about seven years ago, I discovered that I had certain beliefs that were recurring and that were manifesting in my relationships, in my business relationships, in my personal relationships, in, uh, you know, in my business, my personal life. And I could just see it recurring over and over and over again. And I started working with a coach and he asked me, hey, what are your limiting beliefs? And I said, me, I've got no limiting beliefs. Um, you know, I was very confident, very self-assured. And uh, he said, ah, are you sure? I was like, yeah. <laughs> and the next day, it was a 10-day program. It was a coaching program. And the next day, he basically took me through this technique. It's called the time paradigm technique. And he took me back to when I was much younger. And there were certain things that happened in my childhood that forged certain beliefs that started influencing different events in my life. And I came out of it and I started, and then he asked me the question, so how many limiting beliefs do you have now? What, what are your limiting beliefs? And Greg, I wrote down about 27 of them. I went from zero to 27. I mean, there were six core limiting beliefs and the rest of it were like the cousins, first cousins, second cousins of, of these six core beliefs. And when I came out of that and I discovered that I had these limiting beliefs, I, I started working on them and did a lot of self-work, a lot of healing, which then was something that, you know, I discovered as something that, you know, I needed to continue on the journey. And, you know, when you're on this journey, you start attracting people, you know, who are going through the same thing. And I started attracting EORs um, who asked me to mentor them in the EOA program, the accelerator program. And we, I noticed that as we were working on their business, right, working on the outer game of scaling businesses, going into new markets, pricing, all of the things that we learn in, you know, EO learning events and podcasts and workshops and, you know, uh, all these different learning channels that we expose ourselves to. As we were starting to execute all of that, he started winning the outer game. The business started scaling, but it was coming at the cost of their inner game, their relationships with self, the relationship with family, the relationships with you know, their, uh, their, their spouse. And, you know, so as this was, as they were winning the outer game, they were losing the inner game. And that's exactly what I went through in my journey. Anyone from the outside looking in would say successful in that one dimensional, you know, definition of success, right? 
material. Uh, you know, I I had I, I I had what or how society would define success. But the reality is that it was coming at a price. Right? There was internal chaos, and so as I started working with these entrepreneurs, I started sharing my experience, and I noticed that they then started striking that equilibrium. And that became my purpose. So my purpose, Greg, is to, I believe businesses are the engines of society. Uh, you know, entrepreneurship is a difficult journey. It's not for everybody. It's very challenging. And it stretches you in many different directions. And I believe that the future is all about entrepreneurship. Entrepreneurship, we're going to get more and more people to be entrepreneurs, be it a solopreneur or someone, you know, running a 50, uh, a 50 person team, right? And however, entrepreneurship has this, this stereotype that, you know, it's all about freedom. When you become an entrepreneur, you become free, but it's not really true because you know, most entrepreneurs I know are enslaved to their business as I was. I was enslaved to my business, but I got it wrong, right? I, I had that sprint mindset to the business. I wasn't looking at it from an endurance perspective. I wasn't looking to play the long game. I was trying to hit short milestones and I was trying to get to the destination. But the reality is entrepreneurship doesn't have a destination, right? It's it, the 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 journey is the destination, right? And uh, and and that's when I started really getting into coaching and mentoring, and started learning these tools. And I started sharing it, and I noticed that people were having success. And and that's when my my purpose was born. I love it. You know, it it's interesting that you brought up entrepreneurship because I also feel that being entrepreneurial doesn't isn't limited to owning and running a business right you could be at yeah. ford motor company and be an entrepreneur within ford motor company because of what you're working on and the creativity and the learning environment so i actually think entrepreneurship is a much broader community than just those of us that own i love and run that businesses beautiful so true it's a mindset right yeah absolutely it um, really is a mindset Darren, you also do or your consultant and training at the NeuroChange Solutions. Talk to us about the work you're doing there. Uh, so it, that's a, a work in progress as we speak. Uh, it's um, it's a, so you've heard of Dr. Joe Dispenza. Yeah, he has a program called Change Your Mind, Create New Results, and it's basically the program is directed to organizations and how organizations can deal with change, right? Because like I said, change is, I mean, if you look at, if you look at the world right now, right? I mean, there are two trends that are really taking place. And I think I mentioned this earlier, I touched on it. There are two profound trends that are starting to converge, right? First, it's the velocity of change, right? It's happening in epic proportions, right? From technological advancements to global interconnectedness to shifts in society, and it's transforming our world faster than ever before, right? So businesses are adapting, industries are evolving, and individuals 
are recalibrating their lives to keep pace with this rapid change. So amidst all that whirlwind of transformation, there's a growing emphasis on self-awareness, right? People are realizing the importance of understanding themselves much better, right? Both professionally and personally. It's become this critical skill for navigating this era of change. Self-awareness basically then allows us to make more informed decisions, build stronger relationships, find clarity in a constantly shifting landscape. So that program, the NCS program, is all about how can we be more collaborative? How can we overcome and really embrace change in a way that allows us to access our next level? So the, the program really has this foundation that sits on neuroscience, right? So everything is, is uh, scientifically driven. It's based on the principles of neuroscience. Fantastic. It's really interesting. You mentioned trends, and it sounds as if you consume a lot of content to come up with <laughs> these trends and what you're seeing. Any special trick or source that you lean on for, for your content and your observations? You know, I try to stick to it. I, I, I laugh when you ask me that because I, I try not to consume as much content in the past I used to be I used to have FOMO where you know I would be you know a new episode drops and I'd be the first one to listen to it or a new book just hit the New York Times bestseller and I'd want to read it because I didn't I felt like that was the thing if I didn't read it I was going to be left behind it I was going to lose my edge or it was going to give me that edge but I realized that you know it's really all about the basics right let's first you know that that approach that I used to take was this high intensity approach, but it's really not about that. It's really all about just being consistent, right? Just implementing what you already know. So I have this rule that I incorporated a couple of years ago, which is if you read something, right? And it really resonates. And there's, there's one or two things that you take away before you move on to the next book, implement that in your habits, in your lifestyle, in your business, in your family, however you do it, implement it, habituate it, right? And really leverage and unlock the lesson that you picked up from that book or from that workshop or from that podcast, right? As opposed to this, you know, insatiable appetite to move on to the next thing, the next podcast, the next book, the next you know, blah, 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 right? It's like we're constantly, and, and I think that's the biggest challenge that we all face is that everything out there is designed to hijack your attention. Everything. If you just think about everything around you is actually designed in a way for it to be really difficult for you to say no to. So I, I try to limit the amount of content that I take in. Uh, but to answer your question, there are, uh, I try to read the classics, right? Like right now I'm reading a book by Robert Cialdini. I'm rereading it. It's called Influence. Mm, um, I'm, I'm, I'm re, yeah, it's a, it's a great book. It's, I think every, everyone should actually read that book. Uh, I think it should be taught in schools. Um, I'm rereading 
Let me see. I'm going through a book uh, called The Sports Gene. You know, it's written by David Epstein. Uh, I'm rereading that book. I'm rereading um, uh, a book by uh, Phil Knight, Shoe Dog. So I'm just going back to books that I really enjoyed that were more of, you know, a rite of passage, like, you know, where the author chronicles the journey. And, and, I, and, and, and I feel like those really hold a lot of lessons because they've gone through the trials and the tribulations. So that's, that's what really uh, helps me be more creative, get that inspiration that I need and uh, and and really look at things from a completely different lens. Really sitting in that person's shoes and looking the world through their eyes. Fantastic! You're going to cause me to go back to my Amazon shopping cart and <laughs> remove all the books <laughs> that every time I hear a new one, it's like put it in, put it in, put it in, put it in. The yeah, the list just grows, yeah. and it's to your point. It's ultimately a distraction, right? And if I would just dig in a little bit deeper to what I'm currently consuming and implement it or take a good notes about it, there could be more impact from the actual journey. Um, Darren, how could the audience members get in touch with you? What's your social media platform of choice? Uh, social media platform of choice, I would say is uh, Instagram, Darren Harchandani, and uh, LinkedIn by the same name. <laughs> uh, you mentioned earlier the podcast. I'm on... Uh, uh, we're on all the podcast channels uh, as Emergence Now. Fantastic. Well, I've loved having you on the show. We we kicked this thing off talking about self-limitations and self-belief, got into some content around training and recovery and how the importance of that. Um, the content we've shared with us has been super helpful. So I asked the audience to share this with your community. You know, this message doesn't expand unless we share it amongst ourselves please go down, like this episode, like our show, reach out to Darren. He's got tons and tons of great insights. It's been awesome having you on the show and reconnecting with you, Darren. Thank you. Thanks, Greg. Thanks for having me. It's an absolute pleasure. Thank you for tuning in to the Chief Endurance Officer Podcast. To hear more inspiring stories and strategies around the endurance mindset, be sure to subscribe below or visit us at chiefenduranceofficer.com. Until next time, keep pushing those limits.